versus the world productions because 4chan was so last decade www.vtwproductions.com this is grail we are live at uh pax 2011 talking with ccp and eve developers and your name sir is uh nick blood or better known perhaps as ccp drop bear as well awesome and what do you do with ccp I work as a content developer, so that's a sort of, I wear a lot of hats at CCP, but uh, a lot of it involves writing backstory, uh, writing descriptions for items. When players go into a, you know, an, a site, they'll get a bit of content, so it's just that sort of content as well. I also do a bit of uh, live events where I'm just sort of basically hopping on the server with the players, pretending to be uh, part of a faction, and just sort of blowing them up or that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Hi, how's it going? I'm here to blow you up. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so give us the... 10,000-foot overview. What is EVE? Okay. Um, EVE is, a, I guess, the first and most important thing to start off when you're talking about EVE is to envision it as a single-server game. So you, you've got to imagine hundreds of thousands of players all playing the same game at the same time. It's not a sort of sequestered, segmented world. Um, it's a very open-world sandbox, and it's, there's, there's no railroading in EVE Online. It's a game where you can pretty much choose to do what you want to do and... I'll actually be talking here at PAX about, you know, how players create their own careers and create their own content. Um, so that's that's really the sort of 10,000-foot overview. It's it's a hard thing to sum up in that sense because it is so diverse, but uh, at the same time, it's, it's yeah, it's a game where it's a large sandbox, a lot of people doing their own thing. That's definitely, my experience with EVE uh, has been very limited, but my favorite things to do have been to read the stories that have come out from the players in terms of just... Some of them are just round down like vicious. I mean, some of the corporate takeovers and sabotage that these do. What are some of your favorite stories that you've seen players create? Um, I have to say, off the top of my head right now, um, one thing that's sort of doing the rounds, I mean, I was reading about it in Forbes and uh, Wall Street Journal. <laughs> it, was, uh, uh, it was a trillion ISK, and ISK is the in-game currency. It was a trillion ISK uh, banking scam. It was essentially just a very elaborate Ponzi scheme that took a couple of years to pull off. Um, and this sort of comes at the same time as I'm reading about, you know, the bubble scams and stuff in the real, real America economy. And, and now I'm seeing this stuff in game and it's sort of the exact same sort of complexity and it's just a microcosm in the real world. So I guess my favorite stories are the ones that really do reflect that yeah. Eve is real message that we're trying to put out. So you said they just created a giant Ponzi scheme. Was there any consequence or what, what was the end part of that? Did it collapse around them or were they able to really pull it off? They were, they were pretty much able to pull it off, and that's an, it's an interesting thing you ask about the consequence because um, EVE is a game where you have a lot more consequence than in, in a lot of other games. You know, if your s spaceship gets blown up, uh, you know, uh, you lose that. It's not like you respawn as a ghost and right. go back to your corpse and, and, and that sort of thing. So it's interesting when you ask about that. I mean, these guys essentially, because there is also that level of anonymity that you're going to get in any kind of internet-based game, um, so they kind of just got away with it. You know, they've got new identities and really fat wallets. <laughs> you know? Wow. So where is Eve going now? What, what's kind of the next step or where do you envision it heading at this time? Um, we're sort of, we've changed focus, I think. At least I'm speaking from a, uh, a content developer perspective here. But um, we're very focused now. Uh, especially in the last few years, on what the players are doing. We're really spending a lot more time looking at what they're doing and how we can work with them to make the game better. And this goes all the way from marketing, where we've got the Eevee's Real campaign, where we're trying to get players to uh, you know, help us 
basically proselytize and, and market the game for us because they, you know, they're such a great resource for that. But also just in content, like we're releasing uh, expansions that are more focused on how can we give players tools to make their own content rather than sort of giving them content down from on high. So putting them on the train track so they go through it. What 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 have you done? Uh, you're trying to obviously expand the game and get more people interested in it. What what do you get in terms of a feeling of a new player? How accessible or how difficult or easy is it for somebody to jump into the Eve universe? That's an excellent question. Okay, um, so it's kind of difficult for a new player to get in. We've certainly been focusing on it recently and trying to make it better. I actually personally just spent the last year working on the the MPE. We call it the new player experience. Um, it's getting much easier. Like I played Eve myself, you know, five years ago when it was. Uh, I think a lead game designer summed it up as, "Here's a Rubik's cube. Now fuck off." Something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? It was. Uh, it was very, very, very sort of uh, hardcore. Um, not even casually hardcore. It yeah. was very hardcore. Yeah, casual <laughs> um, about it. Um, but then it sort of it's changed over time, and now actually when you since we just released the Encarno expansion, now when you log in the game, you're actually standing there in a station and as an avatar, which is something people can sort of empathise with and associate with a whole lot more. Um, so I, I do think it is getting much better for the new players. We're sort of easing them in a lot more. It's still a very sort of demanding game, or it has the potential to be demanding, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I think we're making some good progress in that. Now is the best time ever to try Eve. Let me put it that way. <laughs> awesome. Um, Expansions for Eve. How how often are those coming out? I've seen a few come out. Is that something that you have like charted out, or are you really now focused on what you have existing? And are the expansions that you do? I'm asking a long question here. Are, do you do kind of content releases in between expansions that are changing the universe as well, or what, what's kind of the strategy around that? Uh, the expansion strategy is again, as with a lot of things, it's changing. We used to have sort of very big releases that would happen periodically, but uh, we're sort of changing that in the last year or two. Um, I mean, we still do have our big releases, our big content releases, but at the same time we're sort of doing smaller things in between and, and we're finding ways to sort of fill that gap in between, I guess you could say. Um, but, I mean, an expansion will be focused on many things at once, so it might be introducing content, but at the same time fixing an old system and so on. Um, we do have a sort of a rough focus where... I guess, to put it bluntly, you'll do the new shiny stuff and then you'll fix the old stuff. Um, so we do have our new shiny expansions, which yeah. Incarnate is definitely a new shiny. But then we also have uh, sort of slated for the next upcoming expansions, you know, we're going to revisit the old stuff and uh, sure. keep improving. And, and your latest expansion, Incarnate, what, what's the major features of that expansion? Uh, the major features, as I was talking about, is just the... Uh, the way that new players can start off the game. It's basically what we've got with Incarna released right now is very sort of, um, it's a baseline, it's a platform we plan to build off. Um, and that's kind of unique actually in the game industry. Like a lot of games wouldn't put out something that is, at least in some people's mind, it's not a finished product, you know what I mean? But the foundation is finished and from here we want to, like, like I was saying before, we want to see what the players do. We want to see what they can do with that. We want to get feedback from them and then we're going to sort of build up from that into a, into a much more fully featured thing. So within Kana right now, it's essentially it's it's a single room, um, but within that, I mean, you've got uh, screens that are helping players sort of associate with. It. We're pushing the game content to the players in a really sort of accessible way. So they'll sit down on a couch and look at a video of something, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, so that's you know that's going on out there in space. I'm kind of interested in that, that kind of thing." But then in the future, uh, with this foundation, we'll sort of be pushing out, you'll be wandering around space stations. And so 
if I wasn't going to be an evil mastermind and create my own Ponzi scheme and destroy people, what's your favorite thing to do in Eve, barring that level of dedication and ability to, you know, take advantage of folks? Well, I'm not sure I'm the best person to uh, ask that question because personally, I um, the way I used to play was very content and story focused. You know, I, I, I wouldn't even log in the game for six months at a time. I'd be writing short stories about it. I'd still be playing Eve in my own way, but I wouldn't really be, uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean... And that's something I do as a developer, uh, and I sort of encourage other players to do now mm-hmm. uh, with the resources I now have at my disposal. So <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, I guess that's my favorite kind of thing, like just dealing with the storyline and dealing with player creativity and letting them tell their stories and sort of putting that up on a pedestal, as it were. Awesome. Do you guys over there have any questions you'd like to ask? Um, no, not, well, he, you did mention, well, not you, but Ned mentioned um, fashion. It was going to be something that you were bringing up in the game soon? Sure. Sure, I can talk about that. Uh, I'm CCP Manifest, uh, or Ned Coker, as it were. Uh, I do public relations and social media. Uh, I talked a little bit about fashion, and that's another thing that we sort of began to introduce with the Incarna expansion. Um, One of the main things about Incarna is that we're adding to the game is obviously like a new, new way for players to get introduced to it. But at the same time, it's really about adding an immersive experience into the game. Um, it's been kind of amazing over Eve's history to see how well people socialize without having that avatar-based system. Um, and, you know, essentially, you know, it's, it's almost like chat rooms in a way. Uh, I mean, people talk, of course, on um, voice comms, and that's in- inherently important for Eve, especially fleet battles and stuff like that. But without that physical representation of yourself, there's only so much that you could do to customize your character. Um, And for a game like EVE where the player is basically the character is the player because your strengths as a person can make you a better EVE player, uh, kind of unlike any other game, uh, that level of customization uh, is really important for it to set yourself apart. So uh, we just started introducing sort of fashion-type items, which seems weird for a, an internet spaceship game. Um, but because it's, it's fashion, it, it brings enough of the real world uh, with enough of sort of hyper-reality, which fashion can bring to real life, you know, like uh, Paris runways and stuff like that, uh, into the game that it, it is, like, strangely appropriate for EVE. And we're just going to keep adding stuff on as we go along. We have, you know, fashion designers designing stuff that could be on real-world people, uh, and then transform it to our like amazing avatar technology in game. So that's sort of the, the the fashion thing in in a nutshell, I guess you would say. Well, it sounds really neat. Um, there was one other thing that you said we may not get a lot out of you for this one, but you have a little game that I think some of us are are really excited coming out at some point. Um, what can you tell us about World of Darkness? Uh, I can't tell you too much because the first tradition of the Kindred is really to not breach the masquerade. But uh, but we had uh, last year an event in New Orleans called the the Grand Masquerade, uh, and that was really for the fans of, of White Wolf products uh, throughout the past 20 years. This year is the 20th anniversary of that, so uh, we're also doing an entire new version of uh, the Masquerade book and game system that was sort of crowdsourced in its development, which is really, really cool for a role-playing game. Um, and then uh, I think it's in a couple weeks' time, uh, the Grand Masquerade uh, 
second year, or I guess you would call it, uh, is going to be in New Orleans again. So, uh, so that'll be the next probably time you can you can check out new stuff about World of Darkness. Um, but in general, as a game, obviously, it's going to play off a lot of the strengths, uh, not only of the IP throughout the years, which you know had a huge LARP component, a live action role playing component, which in of itself, because that was sort of a globally run thing, is sort of like a proto MMO. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff we learned from that and how that works and how people socialize in terms of that with their characters. Obviously, uh, a lot of the same beauty that's in, in Karna is going to uh, transfer as well to this, this dark, uh, you know, uh, sort of more modern world. Uh, and then, of course, the, a lot of the sandbox elements, too, that we have and Eve are going to be extremely appropriate uh, to, to that. So. And you could say in general, it doesn't have to be focused on a world of darkness, but do you think that's kind of, as you go ahead and obviously expand out into other genres or other games, looking at MMOs, are you going to try to stick with that sandbox mentality? Do you feel that's kind of the direction you want to take that for your company? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it really brings out um, the best that a massively multiplayer game has to offer because it pushes... It doesn't really push the content, but it allows the players to create that sort of content over and over again and evolve it itself uh, in a way that if you just had a, like a non-sandbox game, you're just going to keep, eventually you're just going to keep having the same experiences as thousands of other people, right? I know that even even the simplest thing in E, for instance, of going into a wormhole uh, and then coming and, and encountering people and then having to talk my way out of it 45 minutes later through dialogue... I, I, that experience, that simple experience of me one day hasn't been repeated anywhere else in that game, you know? And so that, that gives longevity to the, to the MMOs, but it also really makes the best out of the multiplayer aspect of it. So one last question. What can you tell us about the monocle? <laughs> uh, I, I'll say, uh, yeah, at this, at this uh, convention, we're giving out uh, free monocles, uh, which, is, which is kind of a, a funny sort of joke uh, against ourselves. And those who play EVE will, will get it. Those who don't, uh, I will say that we added uh, a monocle, so, so to speak, a, but it's really more of a, a left eye ocular implant as part of, uh, part of Incarna. And uh, we, uh, it was full of controversy. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Even, even as much pain as we went through dealing with it, I will say, uh, it, it really reinforces the fact that our players care enough about the game and their role in making it uh, that uh, it makes EVE like a different type of game. And uh, so that was really, really cool to see. I, I just wanted to add that, um, yeah, when we introduced this monocle implant, you know, of course there was a bit of outroar just because, you know, we're just dipping our toes in the water in, in terms of pricing, in terms of marketing, in terms of everything about it. Um, Eve and TCP has never really done the whole uh, virtual goods thing before. So, of course, and, and a lot of the Eve players have never, you know, been exposed to this before. So there was obviously, you know, we were causing some ripples in the water. But what was fascinating to see was the way that uh, over time the players couldn't help themselves. They couldn't help but uh, turn it into the same sort of thing we see in Eve where emergent gameplay comes forward. We had corporations that were hunting down monocle owners. And then we, <laughs> we, had, we had entire websites dedicated to, you know, this is a list of the monocle owners and blah, blah, blah. And they just they couldn't help themselves. And, and by doing that, you know, I mean, I'm sure some of them thought that they were actually going to, you know, fight the power. But I think a lot of the people just appreciated this sort of emergent gameplay that was coming out of this. And here were all these new and completely weird reasons for conflict that were coming out of this. But at the same time, it was like uh, a lot of people were just like, wow, that's, 
yeah, that's kind of cool. Let's just run with this because it's entertaining right now. You yeah. know what I mean? So there was a lot of people who were just like, oh, we're, we're fighting the monocle people. But really, they were just, you know, being Eve players. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we also saw uh, in-game protests, which was really kind of tough to, <laughs> tough to see as developers. But, I mean, thousands of players gathered in the same place and basically held protests in-game. And, uh, you know, that, that helped us understand even more than we did how, how seriously uh, people took the game uh, even an absurd topic, yeah. in a way, uh, as a monocle, even though that's really not what the whole thing was about, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, even even that was like, it, it was just so cool to see. And uh, speaking of emergent gameplay, actually, one of my favorite things about the whole thing, and I don't have many favorite things about it, but one of my favorite things was this one guy who purchased a monocle and went on the forums, and his he, he derived, like, I have to imagine, at least hours, if not days of pleasure, <laughs> taunting the other players because, you know, he changed his avatar picture to have his monocle uh, and people were arguing back and forth about it and he was just simply saying, like, you, sir, can clearly not afford a monocle, <laughs> you know? Like, you're yes, you're a peasant and, you know, all this sort of stuff because they're really expensive in-game and they're like $70 essentially for, for this, uh, this vanity item, which has no in-game effect whatsoever. So, of course, the, the second that people could see that, hey, this is a great way to troll other EVE players. Yeah. And EVE players love to troll other EVE players. So, yeah. you know, it was just, he became his own little marketing thing. The floodgates, wow. Okay, so to wrap it up, New players want to get into EVE. You can pick it up at a local retailer. What other methods can you have to either try out EVE or, or purchase it? Uh, sure. I mean, there's a free trial uh, at all times. You just go to play.eveonline.com or just eveonline.com, and I'm sure we'll figure out a way to get you there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you can also get it uh, online, but really a digital download is kind of the best way. A lot of people are used to getting stuff now, yeah. and we've been doing that all along, actually. Yeah, but Steam, man, love that. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I think the only other thing I would, I would add on is I urge people to go check out the uh, eveisreal.net site, and that is uh, basically a player museum of memories and uh, videos and pictures and stuff like that that people are expressing their Eve experience. Uh, so it's really cool, especially the videos, obviously. Uh, but there's some really hilarious, uh, inappropriate pictures <laughs> as well. Especially going through and uh, having to sort some of the submissions, it's, uh, I had a lot of laughs. Awesome. Anything final to add? Uh, no, I, just, I completely agree. Uh, the best way to learn about EVE is to learn about it from the players, ultimately. So. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, guys. I appreciate it quite a bit. Versus the World Productions. We're not alcoholics. We simply enjoy living in a liquid medium. www.vtwproductions.com